This episode is brought to you by Tabletop Dominion, purveyors of handmade dice and artisan gaming accessories. Why not head over to tabletopdominion.com and use the code BELLOW to enjoy 10% off your order. Who knows, maybe you will find your very own blue dice of power. Hello and welcome to the billowing thing, what's it, you know, whatever, podcast thing. We hope you're well, readers. We hope you're enjoying the funny little story. I'm not going to go on about ratings and reviews, and I'm not going to go on about social media. Instead, let us just push straight on with episode 151 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Slaughter is the best medicine. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Hello. How is everybody enjoying the spring sunshine i hope it's been very good raining today it's Mm -hmm. just me again and dan and graham his giantness (laughs) dr eusebio spider lucas and the obscenely corpulent form of johnny on a not so clean high chair on a not so clean high chair because we haven't had a chance to get in with all the um required equipment to sluice it down since it, uh, last time gambled and lost he... <laughs> <laughs> where we haven't got any emails to get through we've got no well we've got no paul anyway he's still on charge nobody's going to be reaching into his bag for the foreseeable future so i think we just push on i've got nothing got no other admin to get into does anybody want to do a recap of where we left things last time or i want to know what, about we... severiana out splinter oh yeah because what would you like to know? Well, Cuthbert was talking about her in the past tense, and I feel like I've missed. He bumped her off, didn't he? There. Lucas. Lucas. On a jam plane. plane. Everyone knows Chischen. <laughs> Severiana was the head, Granny Outsplinter. Yes, she I was know the who head she was. of the Outsplinter crime yeah. family. She was still around when you were doing the Champion's Belt and all of that. Yeah. Cuthbert was taken under her wing. That is your understanding. He abandoned you when you were exploring the Sodden Hold. I can't do this anymore. Turn to the family fold. Was his note. I can't do this anymore. Exactly. (laughs) There were some prophecies that Markush, Doombringer, took you through when you visited visited him on Truespire Island. And those prophecies included one, which was something along the lines of an orphan shall sit upon the green chair. Yeah. And a grey fire shall consume a great city. Mm. Well, the green chair is the storied and legendary throne of office of the House of Outspinter. And Cuthbert is, was an orphan. You took that prophecy to mean that at some point were Cuthbert to assume the green chair to take the throne of the Outspinters. That would be one of the prophecies fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It was a series of prophecies, all of which had to be fulfilled before the Age of Worms was upon you. Yes, yep. I remember that. Yeah, The Grey Fire will consume a great city. The Grey Fire is a sort of a norm de guerre of the Outsplinter family. And the Grey Fire will consume a great city. He took to mean they would seize control of Evenstar. So far, so good. Then, when you were exploring the Spire of Long Shadows, when you slew... Makar, the six-armed space wizard Greebly, that mm. was the kind of end-of-level boss, you triggered a final vision in the Spire of Long Shadows, and that showed you a series of events, one of which was Severiana Outsplinter drinking from a poisoned cup and falling to the floor, while a slender figure 
watched on from the shadows. You uh, took that to mean that you were seeing the actual enactment mm. of the prophecy that Marcus had referred to before. You also saw a series of criminal events, extortion, kidnapping, murder. Perpetrators in every case bore the signature three flame tattoo of the Outsplinter family on the inner surface of their right wrist. Mm-hmm. You took that to mean that the Grey Fire had consumed a great city. You return to Evenstar now and you find that this is true. Cuthbert is clearly the head of the Outsplinter clan and they are putting the moves on all of the other crime families, trying to land grab, trying to grab territory, right? All of that. Everything seems to be coming to pass. Does that answer your... Does that put you in the picture? Right. So we saw a vision of Cuthbert basically poisoning Granny. I've got to be very yeah, careful okay, here. Yeah. You saw a vision of Severiana Outsplinter drinking from a poison cup yeah. and falling to the floor whilst a slender figure watched on from the shadows. Yeah. So what my I'm asking is... You don't know? Well, a slender figure. Okay. That's what you saw. Just a shadowy figure. And now but it seems in. like Cuthbert's in charge. Sorry, can I... Johnny, just... To all intents and purposes, Cuthbert seems to be in charge right, of but the Outsplinter. Surely Severiana Outsplinter passing mm-hmm. away would be news mm-hmm. that would go like wildfire throughout the whole kingdom. Have we heard any of that? That would I would imagine no. that Severiana Outsplinter no. dying would even be news in Frosthanger. It would be. But just and to be absolutely that. nail it down, that was two days ago. Right. Also, Severiana Outsplinter, very rarely seen in public. Right. The last time that you know that she was seen in public was she apparently, so far as you know, was present at the games when you were competing. Mm-hmm. She rules her crime family or mm-hmm. ruled her crime family with an iron fist from in the shadows somewhere. Obviously but, not the house that you've just invaded. Is she alive? The is slender she figure was Alessandra, right? Because Paul did this rather odd intro to one of the episodes once talking about poisoning his uh, tutor, about not being happy with feeling abandoned. So I reckon Alessandra... This is very metagamey, Johnny, but your understanding from listening to extracts of Alessandra's diary is that she's got form in terms of poisoning the people that get in her way. Well, she had form before she was killed. But if it was Alessandra, she was with you when you saw the vision. Okay. So you'd need to stitch together some kind of logic which meant that either it was or wasn't her that was with you. There's something weird with Alessandra, though. Like, the way she died. You're telling me... Yeah, when she died, she turned into a cloud of grey and green sparkling yeah, dust so motes that disappeared. Homunculus thing, like the things that we were talking to in the Cuthbert's house. When you spoke to Cuthbert in your brief but sharp argument in the casino a few sessions ago, he said, life and death isn't a black and white thing for us outsplinters like it is for you. Ah... There's nothing to stop you talking to people and asking them, yeah. have you heard the rumours that Severiana outspoke? I will ask Fortuna this specifically. She says, it looks like it. It looks like Cuthbert's in charge. That's what she says. Yeah. Okay. And how long does he have, has she had the feeling that that's been the case for a while? Or is this, or is this like really This new? is all, this is over the, lo- over the last couple of days, everything has right. changed. Okay. Gump goes, <laughs> it's all falling apart. There's a fine balance. Oh. All of the families. The, the question it's is, all falling is which, apart which family is Gump? because of that squirt. Which family have you, Gomp? Gomp family. A Gomp, fa- Gomp from the Gomp family. Yeah, he looks at you like, you are. <laughs> who's this, who's this I, I, green Lord idiot? Gomp I, really, Gomp. I think Gomp is someone who works for Cuthbert that's just trying to test that we're <laughs> true to our word. 
I'm sitting right here, Scrawny. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. We want to arm wrestle. Thank you for the update. Yeah, all right. Anyway, what do you think of my... Um, no, bugger off. <laughs> Fair enough. Tell us the plan. It's not a plan. I just know Cuthbert, they have got a, a hideout. Right. You mean the residents? Yeah. Yes. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's very weird. Have you been there? Well, no, no, not myself, obviously not, no. But uh, we all talk to each other. There's rumours. We don't know what goes on in there, but it's very odd. Do you know they have the same day over and over again? What, what do you think it, interesting. What do you think they are? You know, he calls them his uh, momets. The momets. Momets. Some kind of enchantment. If you were to stop one in the street, one of my boys has done this. They went out for ice cream, as they do every day, the same place, at the same time. They think they're normal. They have no recollection. They don't realise it's the same day over and over. It's very odd. Anyway, they've got a hideout, and it's obviously not there. <laughs> There's two ways in. Yeah. There's a teleport, apparently. There's a circle. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've spent an awful lot of money trying to find out how to get <laughs> in there that way, and I've, I've come up with nothing. Right. So that, that would be information... That would be oh my of goodness, value that would be information that would be... Yeah, yes, 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 okay. yes. But there's another way in. You can get in through the sewers. We just don't know how. Oh, uh-huh. that's helpful. No, 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 no. I know where. <laughs> I just don't know how. Right. Well, here's a You've copper piece the- for, your, for your time. <laughs> we'll see you later. I've been warned about you. If we're going to do this... It's with a copper piece. If we're going to do this, there's 60,000 gold pieces for each of you, plus all the magic that you can recover. But you can't include him, because he's annoyed me. <laughs> You've been to the Cenobite. You've been into the sewers under the arena. Yeah. Yes. There's a way. There's a way into the Outsplinter hideout through the sewers. The problem is it's heavily guarded. Not only that, there's something weird going on. The sewers that lead in there, it's not normal. I've sent a couple of boys down there. They didn't like it. But you're a different order of things entirely, you four. You've got... You've got what it takes. Yes, to use a real-world reference that... Makes no sense here in this milieu, but yes, you have got cojones. <laughs> anyway, what do you think? Well, we have other matters requiring our attention right now, but... Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so you know that there's an entrance down there. You know it's heavily guarded. Do you know where any more information... That well, one of my them? boys could... One of my boys would know the way. Okay. It's not like we have a map. You'd need to get down into the scenery. Yeah. Down under the arena. Yeah. Get into the sewer system under there. On the other side, apparently, there's a refuse cave full of ochre jellies, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We knew that. On the other side of that, it goes into the main sewer network. You've got to be careful. You don't want to end up being flushed out over the cliffs. You go the right way, you could make your way to their hideout. How do we make what contact you with you? Ask for Fortuna. She'll be here. All right. Okay. We will bear that in mind, and at some point we will take you up on that bit of intel. Not exactly emphatic, but I get the general idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. That's all he's got. I'll bid you good day. Yeah, cool. Okay. Okay, well, I press a and copper you. piece into his palm and thank him. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you put one on one eye and one on the other eye, just in case? <laughs> and he disappears. Oh, Thanks, so. Fortunately, he goes, he does that. He does that a lot. Can I get you? have had some lunch. You got everything done that you needed to get done. Yeah, we have rooms upstairs if you want to stay. Yes, we need to rest overnight if that's okay. Just one. That's night, fine. Then we'll be gone. Of but course. we'll be back in a few days. Okay. Okay. The place is at your disposal. Cool. She gives you a room that you can share or you can split yourselves up, not into individual pieces, obviously, but between yourselves. So we can press the long rest button. 
Yeah, sure. And we Yay. can acquire the uncommon and rare items now. Are we fast-forwarding for Well, it's up to you. You take your eight-hour long rest. It's breakfast time on Moon Day, the 15th of Fart. Okay. You have all of your spells back, all of your hit points back. You're totally refreshed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? Shall we... Shall we go back to Frostanger? We've been away for... I guess we need d- to go and day? get Scaly. <laughs> You've been away for just less than 24 um, hours. Yeah. We go and get Scaly, find out what he's been doing. Yeah, because I'm, I'm assuming that he's going... He was going off to go and look at Lashana or whatever she was called. Yeah. Mm. And then we could find out what's going on there and presumably there'll be a thread going on there. Burple and Parker. Yeah. Can you both give me... Uh-oh. Constitution saves. Parker, yours is at advantage. It's the uh, potion you drank, isn't it? Mm, the one that increased your charisma. More constitution, I think. Constitution save. At advantage. Mm-hmm. 16 and. Mm-hmm. 10. So 16. Purple, what you get? Purple, burpish. Purple, burpish. Purple, burpish. Purple, burpish. 15. 15. Okay. That feeling of well-being that you noticed when you first arrived yesterday, mm. you realise after a night's sleep that it's sort of... Wearing off. ...diminished. You only feel a lot better. You've, you're rested up. You're re-energised. But mm. that warm feeling of almost sort of narcotic well-being has faded. Uh, okay. What was that? Both of you, you know when you're getting a bit of a sore throat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've gotten to something that's on the way, and the first presentiment is often this odd thing where you don't even know that you've noticed it until you think, oh, actually, no, that is a thing. And you've got that slight mm. kind of sense of swelling. you got like a worm above in you. Ad- above the, ad- <laughs> worm above the Adam's worm apple. You. Okay, scaly, right, let's leave And him. just sort of uh, hinge That head. slight tightness, that slight yeah, <laughs> feeling of kind of inflammation. Oh, worm God. zombie. Both of you... Parker maybe a little bit less so, but both of you, it's like you've got a little bit of a, oh, a little bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a soreness, a bit of a swollen gland thing going on. Can we do medicine checks or something? Sure. To, yeah. We can do the surgical medicine check with sword of sharpness. <laughs> yeah, let me get it out. Uh, a 12. Mm-hmm. Six. Uh, Should we get a medicine check yeah. on Burple as well? Sessions. 13. So I get a 26 on Burple and yeah, yeah, a 12 yeah, yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're checking yourselves out, you're checking each other out, applying your medical knowledge. Looks you're like a wiggly tonsillitis. worm. Tonsillitis or something. You can't see anything. Your medical opinion is that you're both coming down with a bit of a worm. <laughs> sore throat, tonsillitis, bit of a flu bug, something like that. Wormitis. Mm. You're doomed. Yeah. You're doomed. Yeah. Graham, have you got mm. a cure disease? Cure disease? Um, maybe a removed curse. I presume this is all taking place in your room upstairs at the Dyson Desire the next yes. morning. Yes. Also, Breakfast I'm is brought to you yeah. under cloches. There's kedgeree, eggs, bacon. Well, it can't be creams disease. Creams yogurts. Orange juice. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I can, well, I I mean, can cure disease. Well, because I'm immune to disease as a monk. Yeah. So remove curse. Remove curse. Can you detect curses, something like that? Or we could go and see a priest, yeah. a high priest somewhere. Could do. Or maybe even go and see Marcus Doombringer. Figure out what this is. 
probably Might a wise to... choice. Yeah, yeah, can't be nothing. No, I think it would be good to have it checked out properly now. Well, yeah. If it is going to be something wormy. All right, let's go and check out. Let's go and find a, a priest, someone of, you know, high priest yes. of healing. Okay. So you're heading off into Evenstar? Yes. Let's just uh, get the yeah. Evenstar map. Was it just us that drank the potion? Paul Scaly drank a potion. And how is we he don't feeling? Know. That's something that you just have no idea about. Know. He could already have turned Scaly. <laughs> I see what he did there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Don't like it, Mike. Don't <laughs> like it. Okay. So where is Cathedral of Ort? Yeah, me too. Temple of Tonge. Something like that. So you're round the corner from the Temple District. There's Winds and Filler of Cupboards, the Death Watchmaker, Thump, the Temple of Tonge, the Cathedral of Ort is a little bit north. What's the most likely? Um, more healing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Royal Free Hospital. Why don't you g- give, me, you know, uh, give me a charisma investigation check. Do it as a group check. That is, if more of you succeed than fail, as a group you succeed. Uh, Investigation. Well, that's one success. 29. Parker's Charisma Investigation. So it's not a straight investigation, it's a charisma investigation, right? So it's using your charisma bonus rather than your intelligence bonus. Oh. So that's actually a 30. Okay, huge number from Burple. Three. Parker, you've got uh, a. Tw- so I've got an 11. Then one less. An 11. Sessions gets up 15. 15. All we need is for Buggy to come up with a half decent number rubbish six you ask about as to the best people to help you with something like this and opinions are split between trying to find a priest and trying to find a wizard a wizard would mean go to the source wizard would mean going into cloak and dagger which is the district which i think if we want a wizard we go to marcus doombrey surely well yeah but that's a separate question but yeah couldn't wouldn't we go to the sorcerer's the sorcerer's spire? spire? Well, that's a complicated process. I mean, it's, you have to take a boat across and you have to okay. be approved and it's a, a weird sequestered place. We'll go after a wizard. Um, okay. You can ask around Cloak and Dagger or you could head for the Temple District. Which one do you want to do first? We'll do the Cloak and Dagger. And ask around. Give me a charisma yeah. investigation check. Do it as a group check again. Purple gets... 20 Big number from Purple again. Sessions okay. get six eleven. And finally Parker. Ugh, okay. One. Hitting the potion shops and the bars of the coffee shops that that fraternity frequent. Doesn't get you a straight answer. Can Burple and Parker both give me another constitution save, please? Parker, your advantage. Big number from Burple. Burple gets nineteen. <sighs> Eight. Actually I might use a luck. Was that an advantage? You got an eight. Okay. Yes, I'm going to use my Wouldn't you be better using dice. your ought dice? No, I use my luck dice first. Okay. Ought <laughs> <laughs> um, dice? I think we've established that you can use a luck and an ought dice on the same roll. I'm just wondering whether I can use them all on the same roll. The luck you can only use once, I think. No, luck, you have to, you have to accept the new result. We done? Hang on. Ought dice? Yes. Ah, hey. Okay. <laughs> we didn't find anyone in Cloak and Dagger. No. What do you want to do now? Go to Marcus. Yeah. All right, let's teleport to Marcus. Okay. You appear in 
Marcus's lair. All right, dude, things are pretty much as you remember them. With a couple of changes. First of all, you appear in this teleportation circle that sits in the center with all the little bridges running out to the different sections of this circular thing with the big windows mm-hmm. looking out, some of them under the lake. Mm-hmm. Marcus's desk normally sits in a pool of shadow, but it's lit and there's no Marcus. Struggling against its graviton bonds behind Marcus's desk is this neutronium golem figure that's been there since you first encountered him. There are a couple of his wits, these little segments of his personality, busying themselves about on the surface of the desk. But there's no Marcus. Can we talk to the wits? Well, as you look around you, there's a couple of other things. Um, First of all, Bondi is there, looking at you, biting on a lower lip thoughtfully. Second thing is Eligos is there, wearing sort of white utilitarian robes with like pens in the top pocket, holding a clipboard. She is standing next to some kind of apparatus, out of this apparatus, snake tendrils of some kind of substance, cables or something. They run into a long sarcophagus-like glass object filled with liquid, with bubbles running through it. The think back to tank. Floating in that liquid is Scalio Tool. He's dimly lit by little wear lights sitting at the base of the tank. He looks in a state of peace. Eligos seems to be checking him and checking some device that is connected to the tank. He seems to have had a bad week. She looks up as you appear and she says, Ah, don't be alarmed. Right. You realise that there's a sort of shimmering force field of some sort enclosing you, as it were, sealing you off on this little central pillar area. She looks at you, Burple, and you, Parker, and she says... How are you feeling, you two? Well, that's why we're here. Yeah. But how are you feeling? Uh, okay. I think we are okay at the moment, aren't we? We had some weird flushes, didn't we? We felt good. That's the menopause, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we felt good, and then we felt bad. We think it's related to these vials in these weird bottles. What's happened to yeah, yeah, Scaly? Because yeah. he had one as well. well it, it, yes. So, uh, Bondi? Why don't you Is that where we're tell headed? them what we, what we know? They're sort of on either side of Marcus's desk and Marcus isn't there. It's like The, star, it's like the Apprentice from Alan Sugar's I'm off on urgent business. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bondi says, we've got to be very careful with you. Scaly's found a bottle. She fishes around and produces basically the bottle or a bottle that looks exactly like the bottles that you drank those yeah. potions from. In the cave when you defeated the weird acid pool monster. Yeah. He found this in Ocaral's hotel room. It looked like he was oh, sharing yeah. that room with Rachnian. No sign of Rachnian. Ocaral, well. And she kind of nods over to a corner and you can see there's a sort of slab over there with what might have once been Ocaral on it. She starts walking her way round the gantry, circumnavigating the chamber and as she gets round to the sort of gurney that what might have been Ocaral is on she says a command word or something and a little tank lights up and in that tank there is a weird green grub like worm like thing but with filaments spreading away from it like the right the strands of a man of war and as she gets near it it starts twitching 
It looks like it's been very severely damaged and it's knitted itself back together. She points at it. She says, we took this. And when she points at it, that little raise in her voice, it kind of goes and kind of twitches towards her, presses up against the glass. Out of him, she points at Ocaral. And there's one in him. She points at Scaly. Which means there's also some in us. If it's Well, this is what these. we think. Right. You drank one each, right? Yeah. Not me. Right. Okay, well, that's good. At least the cleric is okay. How did you? Scaly. What did you have to do to get it out? Well, you chopped it out. I bribed the watchman in Frostanger, the ones that took away the body, okay, and the remnants of this green thing. And I kept the bits separate. We brought them back on the sub. Have we tried to remove curse yet? Yes, we did. And <laughs> Marcus's voice comes out of nowhere. You realise that it's actually one of the wits is sitting on the edge of Marcus's desk, legs dangling down like a little goblinoid figure. Thanks for coming along this morning. I've been called away on urgent business. <laughs> let's uh, let's mix up the teams, buggy. You go with the spire, <laughs> Parker. You move over to uh, strategy. We tried uh, to remove a curse. We tried to break enchantments. We've tried things to remove poisons and diseases. We are struggling to find a solution. We have uh, essentially induced a state of uh, catatonia in your friend Scaly here while we do some research. How did he get here? We brought him here on the Crimson Sporecock. He agreed to be um, anesthetized. <laughs> and we brought him here. Is it time for a commune or an augury? We have looked in all of our papers. We have Karsham enchantments. Agath of Thrunch, he will be with us shortly, has uh, communed with Tonj. We think there are potentially two or three solutions. The first solution, it's not a certainty, it's very risky, is effectively execution and resurrection. <laughs> it is possible that were we to end your lives, we could extract the parasite, because it is a parasite, resurrect you but what we are not certain about is whether or not any lingering particles of whatever this organism is would still be resident within you we believe that scaly is somewhat protected against the effects though because of his paladinhood and we believe that you parker also even though it is not a disease the way of your monkish discipline may protect you slightly against the parasite yes the second way is to find some kind of answer, some kind of as yet undiscovered enchantment. This is risky. We do not have long enough to uh, pursue the uh, relevant research. Option three is the option that Bondi was after, that Scaly was after, when he was trying to follow his own path in Frostanger. That is to discover the source. <laughs> and then maybe, by extension, to discover some kind of antidote or curative preparation. Work out the initial formula. How was this concoction originally developed that you drank? Yes, yes. This we do have some possibilities. Your friend Scaly and Bondi tracked the source of these uh, specific bottles. Bondi kind of lifts the bottle up. To an organization called the Red Blades, a merchant organization in Froschtanger. Now, we do not know if they have imported these bottles or they have developed them themselves. It is of no matter. The Red Blade seems to be the natural next step. Looking for the source of these uh, concoctions. Yes. The head of the Red Blades is a very wealthy a woman called Mahudril. She is very well connected in Frostanger. She is of contact. She is an acquaintance of Zich himself. She also rules this organization. Bondi has been asking questions and spending a little bit of money. 
She rules this organization with a bit of an iron hand. It's not universally popular. And Bondi has exploited this. Bondi has uh, spent a little bit of money, passed around a little bit of cash, and has gained some intelligence. And she managed to secure an object from within the headquarters of the Red Blades in Frosthanger. With this object, you can teleport, or I can send you into a part of the building. We're not exactly sure where. Bondi will the object and she fishes around inside her travelling gear and her cloak and pulls out what looks like a perfume atomizer, like a kind of heavy crystal thing, oddly similar to the weird bottles that you drank from, but like for a dressing table. She kind of arches an eyebrow and shrugs and says, this is what I got. Also, she has a, there's a word, a magic word that she has learned from a contact within the Red Blades. We do not know of its significance, but Bondi, you have it on a piece of paper and she fishes about and she waves a piece of paper in the air. We're not sure of the significance of this magic word. It's a command word. It may open a secret safe or a secret office. So, I could send you into the headquarters of the Red Blade. Maybe you could see if you could find the relevant materials, the researches. Okay. Yes, the documents. This might be an answer. But, we have one problem. Yeah. And that is you, Burple, and you, Parker. How long have we got? Is your can charge me. We will be taking a risk. We have tried to track back the timeline. When Scaly investigated Ocaral's hotel room, it seemed like something had been living in there like an animal for days. The floor was covered in excrement and fish. <laughs> this means that you may have, we think now our estimate is three to five days before first onset. When did you drink these potions? I think it was on Sunday, was it not? So we've had three days. You have filled some symptoms, yes. yes. But you feel, you feel your shells. You, for you, now. You don't feel different. Yes, yes, yes for now, for, of course. Everything is a risk. So, we send just sessions, and we send Uncle Bugraft here on the mission, and there is less risk, but then there is less resource. Or we send you all, you discover the papers and the researches that we need. We are pretty confident that given that uh, information, we could come up with some kind of curative process. If we have to put you in a coma afterwards when you return, well, then it's of no matter. We do not dare risk waking Scaly. Eligos is trying to establish how far advanced the condition is within him. And we dare not risk taking him out of his catatonia. So, it is to the four of you. And a decision must be made. Well, I reckon we go. And how would we get back? You have teleport? I have one and I used it to get here. He can furnish you with a scroll. That would be helpful. Yes, there's no problem. I feel a certain responsibility for your condition. Although I would always say, check the contents of a bottle before you drink it. Well, let's go. We take the risk. Yeah. You're very courageous. Okay. Yeah. Well, we teleport. We have a plan. Tomorrow, Sarah Allen. The of Marcus gestures at one of the giant vista windows. And the vision of the lake bed is replaced with a vision of frost hanger. Smoke curling from the longhouse chimneys and snow covering the ground. The little wit clicks his fingers, and this little force bubble that's been sitting around you disappears. You're able to walk across the bridge towards the window. If you please, you can hear the sounds of Frostanger building around you like you're almost there. The vision of Frostanger starts to grow in your minds. You can hear seagulls, and you can hear the ship's bells, and you can hear the sound of people in the streets. You can start to feel the chill of the cold and the snow, and Marcus says, shut them through. 
And then he says, oh, wait a chicken. No, no, no. Oh, oh fuck. No. You appear in a room, you presume, because you've got no way particularly of knowing, within the Red Blades headquarters. Let us put you there. Hmm. I look through all of the minis that we use and keep finding ones that we're never going to use again. Grimpole, Alessandra. It's quite depressing. Scaly. Yeah, Scaly, exactly. Who knows? We've got Sessions, Purple, Parker. You appear in this room, mm-hmm. but no buggy. Oh, it's just the three of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, just what do you want to do? Hide and conquer going on here, right? There are ornamental, caryatid statue columns around the outer walls. There are two boxes, they're cages really, with brightly plumaged birds in that squawking and cackling about. Mm-hmm. There's a low dresser chest of drawers around one side. There are a couple of barrels. There's a desk with some stuff laid out on it. There is a desk in the corner. It looks like you're in some kind of cross between a storage area and an office. You can hear, you don't need to make a perception check for this. You're not quite sure from where the sound of people moving about, like if you had snuck up through the upstairs window of a house with people downstairs who are unaware of you, that kind of certain level of sound. People just kind of going about their normal business. Mm-hmm. Detect magic? Detect magic. There's no magic in here. There's a little screen erected across one end of a kind of spur of the room. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That looks like it's not actually a permanent structure. It, obviously, you can't see through it, but it looks like it's one of those folding screens, like a modesty screen. That's it. That's right. Uh, doors? Windows? Oh, yes, there are doors. I'm very sorry. There is a door to your north just offset from the centre. The room is like a backwards L shape. There's a door at the top of the L and there's a door on your left, as it were, in the northeast corner that would lead off to the east. So a door to the north, door to the east. They're very close to each other up in the top part of the L. So I'm going to also cast Sea Invisibility, which is... Yep. uh, Are there windows? I've been looking at this. I'm going to say there are windows. I don't think the map is entirely clear. Okay. But I think these are windows. Yeah, that's, they look like windows to me on the south. You're on the top floor of a building standing at the corner of two relatively major streets, looking out over that corner. Somebody give me an intelligence check. Any one of you needs to hit a number. My strongest suit. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven. Not your strongest suit. Parker? Oh. Okay, Parker, you know where you are. You're on the corner of the Way of the Queen Marshal, which is the big road that runs down the side of the Temple of Banshivu, and a north-south street called Horde Street that runs down, I think, towards the Royal Island. So quite a major intersection. You're overlooking that. It's moonday morning. You're peering out of the windows. I presume you're stepping, standing a little bit back from the window so you wouldn't be viewable from the street. There are some people going about their daily business, but there are also early signs of the revelry, the pre-Zeech Frexit celebration revelry <laughs> that seems to have been building across the entire town as you get closer and closer to his grand gala. A couple of people with, you know, drums and some people kind of pipes and stuff, just dancing about, you know, that kind of thing. You know, mm. like drums. Nothing invisible. Okay, so there's a screen. Let's go and check out that screen screen is not so high that you can't stand on tiptoe and look over it. There's a little area behind it with a chamber pot. Let me just reveal that 
chamber pot to you, which we, at great expense, have had put into this environment. Ah, voila. I mean, the production values are just off the scale. Mm. The bottom line is, we've been saving a lot of money recently by doing a lot of theatre of the mind stuff. So, and we've also, (laughs) sorry, uh, readers, you're not interested in any of this stuff, but that investment that we were after has come in. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, I mean, we can't go crazy, but suddenly you can have birds in cages, chamber pots, all of that kind of stuff that normally we just, you know, work without. It's all back on the menu. Chamber pots aren't on the menu, obviously. Well, apart from Johnny's menu. And the screen looks like a modesty thing or a whole, you know, like a gate. It's a modesty screen. Yeah. It's like a modesty. It's like it's a freestanding thing that you would basically just if use. If you're using to, the chamber you know, pot. Yep. Okay. If you're using the chamber pot. Yeah. And is this a desk in the south? Yes, east? it is. It looks like it's a writing desk. And there looks like it looks Let's like a look sort what's of. On a, that. Yeah, administrative paperwork. No kind of like, here is our secret alchemical stuff, unfortunately. Um, and invisibility does more than just reveal invisible things, right? It's like doors. it reveals illusions and stuff, right? There's nothing like that. There's nothing secret or clever. Detect magic running looks, around the whole area. Yeah, no magical traces in the room. I'm just trying to think if there might be anything kind of mundanely magical, but I don't think so. Okay, and, and the desk the in the north east corner, and then there's a cabinet yeah, on bigger the desk. More paperwork. I think it's about nine o'clock on Moonday morning. I don't know about the hours of work in our um, hinterland half environment, but there's nobody at work here now, but you don't know how long you might have before people would start turning up. This looks like an actively used place of work. Okay. Search it all. Yeah. How much time are you prepared to invest? A couple of minutes? I mean, you could search it for an hour, but I might interrupt you. So, I mean, this looks like a, take 20 on it effectively i mean i know that's yeah not take thing, 20 on it effectively 20 rounds is two minutes yeah that's what i'm kind of thinking yeah. nothing i'm not saying that you don't find anything that might be of mild interest you might find a couple of things that give you the impression that the red blades as an organization may not be that healthy either in terms of money or in terms of internal relationships let's say for example you might find a couple of disciplinary notes around how a, a woman called Mahudril, I think Marcus told you about, yeah, yeah. who runs the Red Blades, rules with a rod of iron. Is that the phrase? Well, maybe she's not that popular or maybe there's a bit of disaffection in the ranks because there are a couple of notations maybe about a couple of employees who are not particularly happy. Okay. Other than that, nothing particularly interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you want to do now? So, sorry. Oh, can that, we listen at the doors? Yeah. I was looking at that door. Yeah, give me perception checks. I can tell you what we can hear without a perception check. Parker, if you stand at the northeast door, yeah. the sound of movement, the sound of mm. other people in the building is coming through that door with a sort of slightly echoey quality, like it may be coming up a stairwell or something. Mm-hmm. It's not approaching. I'm just saying that that's where yeah. it seems to be coming is from. There, is there now, a keyhole that checks. can be looked through? There is a keyhole that can be looked through. I would say... 19. That, okay. 19. No, 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 19. Okay, Sessions, you can't hear anything through the door to the north. Parker, your perception check tells you a couple of things. You can scope out what's through the door, through the keyhole, through the keyhole. You're looking at some kind of landing. Obviously, the aperture is extremely narrow, but you can see a wall opposite, and you can see that there seems to be a rug or carpet on the floor that you can see the far edge of. That chamber that you're looking into is lit by, looks like torchlight, but you can't see any torches. And your perception check tells you that the sounds that you can hear of motion and movement, your estimation is they're probably not proximate to you. They're probably not directly below you. 
it sounds like they're echoing up from maybe as much as a floor or two. Uh-huh. There we go. Now what? Well, I'm thinking invisibility on the three of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can open that door, can't we? I'm going Which one? to the one cast, that I'm looking through. I'm going to cast a fourth level invisibility spell, which should do all three of us. Right. Can you get two of you with third level invisibility? Yeah. Why? Because I can do it on myself if you want to protect a fourth level slot. Uh, I don't know what you've got more utility from. I may as well do a fourth. Okay, cool. We bask in your power. You disappear. Well, I mean, the only only spell that is innate fourth is Dimension Door, Door. I think. Yeah, okay. Or Confusion, but I rarely use Confusion. I'm wondering whether it's worth me also having a listen at the door to the north as well. Give it a shot. Oh, no, okay. Well, you can't hear anything either. It lingered on the 18. It dangled. What are we doing? Why don't we try the northern door? Try the northern door. It's not locked. Can we open, open it. it quietly? If you're trying to actively make it, you know, somebody give me a stealth check if you're if you're trying to open the door so as not to make any noise. He's got good stealth. Not me. Alessandra, I've got plus four. Oh, it's better than me. I've only got plus three. Oh, well, I guess it's me then, unless Parker has Parker. stealth. What's Parker, Parker got? Yeah, I only have plus three as well. Okay, so I will try opening the door. Yes. Getting a nice. Well, it's got well-oiled hinges anyway. Um, it opens towards you, reveals a storeroom. Okay. A not very interesting storeroom full of crap, basically. It's a couple of jars, almost mm-hmm. like canopic jars. I don't know if they're used for stored wine or whatever. They've got wax seals and some crates that are stacked on top of each other. Just looks a bit like, you know, where you the stationery cupboard, but it's not got stationery in it. Should we have a quick okay. rifle through it? Good search. Do you want to take another couple of minutes? or well, It's a much smaller room, so I'm sure. We, like, yeah, take a minute to quickly... Yeah. I mean, without opening every single yeah, thing, yeah. right? But looking... Yeah. Nothing that seems to be relevant to your urgent need. Just stuff. Gubbins. Stores. All right. All right. I'm going to open the... The door. Western the door. Western door, yeah. Do you want to try and do it stealthily? Yeah. This one will be a one. There we go. It's a one. Do you want to... Use your orc dice, or do you want to leave it as it nope. is? A one. Purple. Yes. I can't see how a dice roll can determine whether or not a door is squeaky, right? So I presume the door is quiet enough, so it's you, basically, like a six-year-old with a pack uh-huh. of bells or whatever. Trips over his own have, falls into the room. You've tri- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you fumble with the lock or something. Anyway, as you open the door, <laughs> this sort of clattering sound echoes up and down the stairwell. Have you disturbed the people downstairs? Have you made trouble for yourself? Uh, or are you going to be left undisturbed? Right. <laughs> so you continue to creep around this place? Well, we're not going to find out now. Mm. We're going to find out when we pick things yes. up. Next. Very week. good. <laughs> The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Spire of Long Shadows and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Spire of Long Shadows was written by Jesse Decker. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.